Hello and welcome to the Freemanfield Podcast, the podcast where three friends who had a dream being professional footballers dashed away as children when they all discovered food have their say on the Premier League. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Coach Coldre, ever present, how you doing, sir? Uh, no, sorry, ever present, minus one. Oh. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm good, man, I'm good, man. What are you saying? I'm good, I'm good. Just came off, we just both came off the Usman Talks yes. United, so we're ready. We're, we're here to talk about even more football. So there we go. We were joined by Big Gunner. How you doing, sir? I'm all right. Just glad to be here again. Yeah, you know what? Kojo, like, the very first show I went on, I don't even know if Kojo remembers, you guys versus, I remember you lost. Kojo walked off the screen and disappeared for like 10 minutes. So that it was that vex. And I was like, this is just me. I need to be on your YouTube thing. This is a moment where Kojo was gone, you know it. Literally, like he walked off <laughs> ten minutes and then he came back, and I was like, it only flashed up today, and I was like, yeah, I need to bring that up, you know? Like, it's too <laughs> funny, but it's too funny. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Though, I'm good. Oh, it's a Champions League game when they who do you who you not? Oh, was it um, Denver Bar's team? No, was it like we got knocked out Leipzig? It's the Leipzig game. Oh, the Leipzig yeah. game. Yeah, yeah I was. So I was. I oh yeah, I definitely wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the best moment on youtube so far but there we go speaking of unhappy jack mm-hmm. how you doing, sir? <laughs> i've been better i've been better but i've been worse so you know it's good to be on though it's good to be on again man like love yeah. the show, love the, the show from last week as well man the steven air brilliant so yeah thank you thank you thank anyone you. that hasn't watched that tune into that as well <laughs> uh, I was like Ro- Ryan was just getting roasted on the show before, but I felt sorry for him, man. Damn. Let's continue. Let's let's let's, let's continue. Let's, 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 not, let's not stop on on his behalf. Now, come on now. Let's um. In fact, yeah, let's continue right now. Brighton uh, and Hove Albion one, Tottenham Hotspur nil. A few weeks ago was, a few months ago, maybe a few months ago was talk to talk to them man there. Shout out Mel though, Gargantua. Shout out Mel, yeah, shout out Mel. What's going on? What's going on? You okay, Jack? Go on. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. 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 Only we can do that. Only we can do that. We're the only club that's that he'll win. You know, he'll win trophies for ninety nine clubs. The the one club he won't win it with is us, because <laughs> we're just we're not built for trophies anyway. We're not built for success. But oh, man, he's sucking the life out of most Spurs fans now. It's it's horrible. This is I've said this before and I'll say it again. This is like Santino for. This is like Juan de Ramos 08. This is ABB 13, 14 slash Sherwood. This is, it's bad. It's this bad. It's this bad. And the, you, I mean, yesterday was just, uh, was just a testament to how we've been playing a lot this season. We've been getting away with it because Kane and Son have been, have been Kane and Son. They've been doing what they've been doing for years. Hmm. But when they're not firing, boy, this manager gets exposed. 
Mm. Were you ever one of those fans that thought that when Mourinho first came in, he might be able to rejuvenate his career at, at Tottenham? No, I, I I never wanted him in the first place. But when I saw the first few results, I thought, hmm, maybe this team may not be as bad as the end of Poch's tenure. But there was still a lot of work to do. There was definitely so much work to do. And uh, But I always had, obviously, there was always a sort of slight agenda against Mourinho because, well, this, you know, Chelsea passed and what he, the way he did at Man United as well and the sour taste it. He left most of his clubs, or half his clubs at least. So I never Pretty thought cool, that would be... Honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only team probably he hasn't had left the sour taste in their mouth was, was Inter Milan when he won the Champions League final yeah. season. Inter and Porto, yeah. I mean... Your Porto, yeah, Porto yeah. too. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Um, it, it was never the right fit. I always, I've always tweeted and maintained that this was never the right fit. Him and Levy, I knew they'll be, they will, they will clash. They will, they will clash incredibly. It will be, it will be mad. That the sort of, I want to see what Jose's book's going to be like and what he says about Levy because there's going to be a lot. Of, there's going to be a big chapter there. I'll tell you. But either way, man, it's it's a match made in hell, and the signs are there already. The signs of that third season meltdown. They're started. They've started already. He's thrown his toys out the pram. And I don't know where we go from here. We've got a League Cup final, which I know we're going to lose because, man, this guy, this guy, this guy's last final. You saw his last final, Michael. You know all about this. Pathetic, pathetic performance in that game. We're going to do the same. We're going to do. I'd rather not talk about that final, bro. I'm not going to I've but never. Yeah. You sound so dejected. I'm almost, I'm almost feeling sorry for you, but I realize you're a Tottenham fan, so I can't feel that that no, sorry for I you. I, I don't want your sympathy. Don't worry, man. I don't want any. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I wouldn't do the same to you. I wouldn't do the same to you. So it's all good. <laughs> Is there any silver lining out of this? Because I I thought honestly that this side was a perfect Jose Mourinho side. I mean, Sissoko's decent. Um, uh, what's it? Endombele, Harry Kane, and and um. And Son, obviously, Laurie's on the end of his on his, of his of his rope, but he's still pretty good. So, what what's gone so horribly wrong? I, I can't understand it because it seemed like it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> it definitely isn't, man. Well, what, what knows? Every Mourinho side has had a good defense, and this side is the complete opposite. Again, I've said this before. Eric Dyer is down there with the Vlad Kirikesses, with the Ricardo Rossi. You've heard me say this yesterday on Footy. Like, we wait to <laughs> say it again. Rochers, the Anthony Gardners, the Fazios, the Michael Dawson. Uh, uh, the... This Anthony Gardner, you know. I said nah, he's going to get a big money move to Man United one time, you know. Anthony <laughs> 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 Gardner was best known for his reaction to Adol Tarap's nutmeg. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing he's, uh, he's best known for. That's it. But, yeah... Um, the die is horrible. Sanchez is even worse. Um, out of world, nowhere near the caliber of defender he was. Joe Roden's young. We'll see what he's like. We don't have a good defender in the team. We, we genuinely don't. And that I, I won't blame Mourinho for that. What I will blame Mourinho for is playing in a system where you soak up pressure and allow these defenders to always be got at. Which really, it's the most commonsensical thing you'd think. You know, Jose used to be a. When I was growing up, this guy was an intelligent man. He knew everything football inside out. You know, he could read every team at the back of his hand. Why is this sleep agent we've got in our team now? He, he's got he's got Chelsea boxes on. I'm telling you, this guy, he he's he's it's, this is a, this is a double agent job. I'm telling you, he is messing us up from the inside. 
it's got to be. It's got to be sabotage. It's self-sabotage. Trust me, it's, it's Arsenal Wenger working his magic, man. From the time he called him a uh, success and failure, he's won the league once and nothing after that, boy. Don't come for big Wenger, you know. He'll, he'll ruin your life, bro. Look, it's happening now. I think with um, Mourinho, I think he's obviously so arrogant that he still thinks he is that guy from, you know, prime Chelsea and stuff like that. But I don't know. I always maintain his biggest thing, or okay, his biggest two things were Inter Milan and Porto. Anything he's done for anybody else, you can rate it, you can rate it. But, you know, we, Chelsea was the first team that we saw that had unlimited funds where it was just like, okay, you go buy him, go buy him. So that you only had to be half decent. Obviously, Ranieri got them to a level but didn't get a chance to really build on it for the next season before they brought Mourinho in. Mm. So Mourinho was already... Say that again. They finished second the season he was fired, right? So, as much as, you know, we all, we liked Mourinho, I think he's lost it. He's so arrogant that he can't change his ways. So, he's still, still just playing the same football, same football. But like you're saying, if you don't have the players or you don't have the money to buy the players to fit the system, like, Hoiberg is probably up there with, like, top three, top four signings of the season. Like, he's been that good. But that's it. Like the rest of them, um, is it Vinny? How do you say his name? Vinicius? Vinicius. Vinicius, yeah. Yeah, like you've signed him and then Harry Kane's out, but then you still don't play him. Yeah. Like yeah. things um, like that. That's what people would have sympathy for for Spurs and for um, and for Marino if he looked like he's trying, but he actually looks like he's sabotaging the thing, which I'm sure like a lot of Spurs fans, like a lot of them didn't want him. And I mean, I can vouch for that. I've seen a lot will say we didn't want him from the start. So I don't think we could say they've ever like sort of flip-flopped. But you know what you get with him, man. And they can't sack him because, what was it? How much did you lot guys pay him? 90 million? million? 15 million a year. Yeah. 15 million or whatever. Like, is, is Man United paid him 90 million to sack him, innit? So you're stuck with him, man. You're stuck with him. And that's that's the sad thing for 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 you guys. Yeah. Is that the thing he, where he just feels he's far too comfortable, knowing that he's pretty much got a job until his his contract's up, that he just doesn't doesn't want to try anymore? Because I mean, you did say that he's he's he did have he did have it to a degree he had it easy at Chelsea because they had money and that was the first yeah. time anybody had spent such a such a heavy amount. They were called the mercenaries for a reason. But he still got a good job, and I personally believe that there is a there is a very good manager underneath those many, 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 many layers. Nah. But it just it just seems like he's powered on. I don't understand why he's being so negative. It, I think he. But first of all, I think he's a coward. I think that West after that West Ham game where we were three 0 up and he came and then he soaked up pressure and we came, they drew three three. I think ever since then the football just went. There's one thing. Like we saw this at Chelsea as well. Like he doesn't do, he didn't do this every game. He didn't, he didn't play this way against every single opponent. We knew that. I guess I get they had the players. They had, you know, he he had the players at his disposal to play different types styles of football. But we, that's our one weakness. That or our main weakness is that defensive line. We have to, we have to play through Ndombele and Hoybier because they are competent on the ball. Not only that. Ndombele is elite on the ball when it comes to the half-turn, breaking lines, transitioning from defence to attack. 
but we always go out wide, which really winds me up. And I think another factor is, I think um, he's in London, he's with his family, he's at home, he's chilling, he's earning fifteen million pounds a year. He's not living in the hotel for, to, to to set up training sessions anymore. He's comfy. He's live. He is stealing a living right now, and his reputation is what got him this job. Daniel Levy always, always wanted this guy. He's finally got him. You know that saying, "Never meet your heroes." <laughs> th th this is the saying because this guy is—he's as human as hell now. He is not that Jose we remember in noise in the uh, in beginning of this in the past decade as well. He's finished. He's done. He is. I think there's a bit of. There's a bit of pre-onset dementia there as well. I, I, honestly, I think this guy, he, he is just getting old. He's getting old. He's 58. He's like, He is, and the tactic, just, just parking the bus against Fulham, against Crystal Palace, against spells against Brentford, against Brighton, just every single opponent. When you have, we're not, we're not inferior to these teams in like player for player. <laughs> it, it, Ah, oh, Michael knows this, knows this about this as well, man. Like, you always do easy. I think you guys are in a really tough situation because, as awful as his selections are, as awful as his um, approach to games are, it's also the point of like your team needs a rebuild. So when obviously Pochettino uh, was talking about the rebuild's going to be painful because he knew that there was a time coming where it was like, okay, a lot of these players are not going to go any further than this limit. This is the limit they're done. You're now looking at players and you're like, okay, Laurie, as Kel said, getting towards the end. Ben Davies, not good enough. Regulon's a good signing, so we can leave him out of that. Um, Odeverald, you've mentioned the defenders, they have to even go through that as well. They're not, they're not levels anymore. Odeverald's definitely not the guy he was. Um, you can't depend on Aurier. You signed Doherty, can't depend on him either. So that's a whole damn defence, a bar one player. Then you come to the midfield, and apart from Hoiberg and Ndombele, again, Sissoko, you can't rely on for anything. Winks, I called him a recycler. Um, um, Lucas Moura's living off a fantastic one night in Amsterdam yeah, where, yes, it wasn't, yeah. where it wasn't for um, eating edibles. It was actually for scoring goals. Um, <laughs> what? And Berg, you go, you go forward. Obviously, the, the, the other two, you have to really talk about them. They're doing their thing, but people like Bergvan, not really impressing. Lachelso is in, is um, in and out because of the injuries, so you can't really yeah, rely on yeah. him. He's a good player. He's a good player, but injuries when you're not available, you're just as bad as someone that is available but not good enough because you're not doing anything on the pitch. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't physically can't do it. So, you know, I've, the the rebuild is a lot more bigger than I thought it was going to be. Personally, like from the outside looking in, you got to a CL final the last year before I finished. I think you finished top four quite comfortably. So I was thinking, okay, you still got a good team there. But then when you look into it, even your younger players like a Davison Sanchez has not reached any sort of level that you can think to yourself, oh, he's going to be the future. It didn't work out with fourth either, you know. And you know, I, I don't know what it is. So, and then it comes a situation where if you're Kane and Son. And you've gone in your career, you're 27, 28, depending on which one of the two you're talking about, you're like, I need to win something major because a lot of people, especially for Kane, who people put on the pedestal because he's a top, top striker, he's world-class for me. If he goes out and out, end of career, and they talk about him as Champions League runner-up. I said it, I said it on Osman's thing, you know, when you're sitting on a panel 
analyzing the game and then they, your name comes up, it says Harry Kane, Champions League runner up or Harry Kane, League Cup winner. That's it. Like, like it's, you're not gonna you're not gonna feel good. He can score all the goals he wants, but those records are for you. But of course, you want that trophy and you want that medal that you can look at at the end of the day. Shearer won one Premier League and he's top goal scorer of all time in the Premier League. He's fine. He's got his Premier League medal. He's got his goals. He played for his boyhood. No, no, but no, but he's comfortable. You can see he's comfortable. We might, yeah. might yeah. think so, but he can see he's comfortable. He played for his boyhood um, boyhood team. He's top goal scorer in Premier League history and he's got his Premier League medal. He's mm. set, you know? So Kane doesn't want to be in that in that bracket of players that didn't win anything despite doing a madness in his career. So he just needs... It's comes to a time where, like, I would say this. If you don't win the League Cup and the Europa League, there is a strong chance you lose one of them this summer. Yeah, uh, I agree. And um, that's what I want as well. I need, if, if we win a solitary... If we win this, this guy is man. I'm afraid the Audi Cup as well, don't we? That's my man. So, uh, but yeah, um, if if we win a League Cup, like a solitary League Cup, and no, you know, you ain't um, Europa League yet. All I'll say is, we've done that before. We've done that before. We've done that under Juan de Ramos, and we've done that under George Graham. So he's just on the Mourinho's on the same. Does Mourinho want to be on the same level as them two? Is that what is that his goal? It's is that what he's about? Hey, listen, don't, don't even diss George Graham like that, man. Yeah, like, but for he was the original part of the bus, one nil to Arsenal. Like, he, was, he, he was. He was the original. Can't, can't have no one dissing him. Little thief, but can't have no one dissing him, but. Well, Chelsea fans say the same about Mourinho. I mean, because you know that, that that's exactly the same. It's exactly the same scenario, except Jose hasn't even won the trophy yet. Or the, 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 the struggle is when Mourinho was at the top, he he was only really battling Ferguson in the Premiership anyway. Like realistically, it was only for, like Wenger yeah. was on. Wenger was, was, was on the down. Wenger was there. Wenger oh, was there. Was no, but we we wasn't like. We finished second in the season. We won the first Premier League, and then we finished fourth. But I think mm. I don't think United ever. I think United finished third that season. Yeah, we finished third two seasons in a row. I think. Yeah, How long was he at Chelsea? Three years, two. Mourinho, four. Yeah, four. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, there was there was there was. Right, let's say there was three teams, but now nah, it's got to the point where, as much as people, you you don't know, but I would say there's five teams that could. Mm. Like, if the variables were right, there's five teams that could potentially win the league, and I think that's where it's coming on stuff for him. Like, because he's he's not used to this; he's just used to having to have mind games with only two people or one person. But now you can't really run mind games with five people. It it, it don't work, does it? He doesn't um, even run mind games, does he? Yeah, he can't though. He can't though because the team's not. If if the team was. If he believed in the team, he would be running mind games, but he don't believe in the team. And as he said yesterday... Yeah, Man United, he did. I don't think he believed in that team too much. He, what, what did he call Conte? <laughs> oh, yeah. Con- Conte called... Didn't Conte call him a little man? Or no, but Conte, he rattled Conte, though, because after those comments, yeah, Conte went on like this yeah. losing streak for time. <laughs> like, he had that power over certain people. Like He just knew yeah. how to... He, it was the timing. It was the timing. Like He rattled Sats Ferguson in that way as well. Like... So Alex Ferguson didn't even beef him like that. So he told the people that he respects Mourinho from day one. Deep that. 
His timing of the words here were, was exquisite. It was the right yeah. time. You were to turn the screw and say, I got you. You know what I mean? So, and it's a little, it's a little celebration as well. Like, so it's a little Liverpool fans, but for example, when they played them in the Carly Cup final the first season. No, 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 sorry, but it's, it's jokes. But when I was walking, it was just doing the little, you know, and then he yeah. said, oh, I wasn't doing it to the fans. I was doing it to the to the media or whatever. Yeah, he did even that. He did it or he even came to the premiership, though, didn't he? When he done the run. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. you go later on, you go to other stadiums, like, again, at Anfield, when they parked the bus for, what, all of 90 minutes and they scored two goals. Yeah. And he's there doing big chest of like, He knew when and how to rattle people yeah. at team. And you, Barca celebration is iconic, man. Exactly, going to Barca, knowing that you knocked yeah. them out after Victor the way your player got. So you go and put your hand. Like he knew when to do it, but as you guys said, he believed in all those teams. Mm. Yeah. So he was talking now, and if, in his first at United, even his first at United, because he knew he was going to get to the Europa League final at some point, one way or another. And Zatan was doing his thing, and he was getting goals one way or another. He was talking crud. Yeah. When he believes in, that's when the smoke comes out. Now he reacts when people talk. Rather than yeah. talking first and then rattling them, so I, I rated him for that United year because he put all his eggs in one basket. It could have gone deeply wrong. Like if they never won that Europa League, mm. it would be. But he knew that he was gonna win it. I think he just knew in it. He's like, you know, let's write off the league. It's just too much to try do both in it. He was just like, yeah. I know I'm gonna win this, and yeah, I respect him for that. But yeah, I, I just think the whole thing. I think. Even I don't, I don't know if the Spurs fans make it any better. To be fair, because I'm not saying Jack, because obviously I've, I've I read what you say, so and I, I can see you're quite level-headed. But there are some that are out there, and obviously like the video that's floating about. But I think that video for me is how a lot of Spurs fans mm. think. But obviously they're not as brave to do it as a video. But I think a lot of them. Like we're thinking like that, and you know he had them top of the league, and it was just everything was just feeling all right. Like Mourinho looked like he was back in it, but when it crumbles with Mourinho, it don't you don't just like it's not a slow decline. It's just a boom, like the whole thing just locks off in it, and I don't know how Spurs are going to get out of it because the transfer window is closed now. Mm. Yeah, and um... and you know Kane gets injured every season. You know it's coming. Like, and the worst thing is not like muscle injuries. It's usually a, an injury that's caused by impact or something. But you know it's coming every season. You know he's going to get an ankle injury. Yeah. And I feel like the planning is just a bit, yeah, it's a bit mad. But yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about Brian quickly, coach. Um, yes, they got the they got the W. They played uh, they played quite well against uh, Spurs. They scored a quite wonderful goal. Had a few uh, good opportunities. But they seem to be one of those clubs that escape. Let's say the criticism that, that Bielsa gets where he plays uh, an expansive brand of football. They play an expansive brand of football. Um, they're sitting 17th, uh, what is it, six, seven points clear of Fulham. But why aren't people saying that they need to change their style of football in order to try and survive? Because for people, it's entertainment over results. So they, they prefer looking at a brand because it looks good. But in all reality... If you're not getting the right results, this is kind of the thing that I mean, it's similar to what no, if it's similar, I feel like I was doing a better job in his season before he got fired. But Chris Hewitt got fired for pretty much the same thing, though, no? you know. Yeah, so, he, he, he no, he got, he got fired from Everton, good enough. 
Yeah, well, okay, so his foot wasn't good enough, but he was getting better results. This one, yeah. so yeah, so actually, this is why the point I'm trying to wait. So I'm trying to make sorry. So, the way it is with them, it's and funny enough, I actually didn't know this. Um, their last three home wins were in three separate years. That's scary. 2019, 2020, 2021. Oh, yeah, it was against, yeah, I saw that today. Yeah. North London Gifts. Literally, yeah. North London Gifts. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, it, like, that's poor. For a team that's supposed to be expensive football, it's supposed to look so good. If you're not winning games at home, obviously, it's not working for you. Mm. And I'm, people might call me old fashioned, but I prefer the whole playing to get results rather than playing to entertain. I don't, I'm not, no, no, Jack, Jack, trust me, Jack, listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying bore the bore the fans senseless so you can celebrate a goal for a minute and then sit down for the rest of the 89 bored out of your mind. I'm not saying that. But if it's a decent brand of football, but it gets you more W's than so-called sexy football that gets me three wins and it's one per year at home, I take the decent football. You know what I'm saying? At least I know that my team's achieving something. Right now, Brian for me are what I was close to calling Crystal Palace. The team that's happy to be in the Premier League, so they'll do what it takes to just about stay in there, but do nothing more. There's no ambition to go upwards. That's what they look like to me, you know. So, because um, at least with Palace, I can see that the talent, that they're actually yeah. buying, like, let's say, it looks like they're trying to make something and go further than the 13th, 14th. They want to try and go into that top half of the table finish at some point. So, it's just not good enough. Um, I understand that their football's nice, but and that's why they escape criticism because they're pretty to watch. You know, you get like, you get excited with Lamte. Um, they've got good midfielders like Gross is a good midfielder. Um, Neil Mopay, people don't like him, but he's a decent finisher as a striker, decent threat. But all in all, their football's not really doing them any big progress. Man, so until that happens... They're seven points away from the bottom, though, like from, from the actual team that is in 18. So that's a lot mm. of points. That's is a lot, lot of points. That is a lot of points. Um as well, like the pressure is not on them because they're they're Brighton, and no no one knew about Brighton you know, five six years ago. They don't spend no money. Leeds are supposed to be this massive club, you know, that have a massive rivalry with 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 um, Man United. So people expect more from them, and they want more from them. You know, when who who battered Leeds? Was it Man United or was it is Man United? Nine, wasn't it? Yeah, six two. Yeah, 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 six two, and. They were still talking about how well Leeds played, and I'm like, how can you talk about how well a team played when they lost a bloody match six two? That don't make sense to me. In it, so it's just like for me, it's just the teams are just, there's just teams out there in it that are just like the blue eyed boys in it that you know people are just gonna love, people are gonna hate, and it's just it's like that. But Brighton don't offend anyone. Maybe Mope offended a couple people, Arsenal fans mainly. <laughs> but they they don't they don't offend anyone in it. So like for me, they don't bother me in it. They're just there in it. There's teams yeah. that I actually hate. Teams like Burnley, I just want them to get kicked out of like the Premiership. Like, I don't care if they get relegated in it. But Brighton is just a team where you would say you think you're going to get three points. Well, we obviously didn't last season when we needed to. But mm. there's just a team there in it, and that's who you want to play every week in it. Those sort of teams in it. So mm. I've got no problem with them. But yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have to move on from Spurs, but I will say this: uh, it's uh, what, is it, what day is it? It is May twenty fourth. You remember that? Remember that, Coach Elena, Darren T, and Ryan. You are welcome to that podcast. Like you said, you were going to turn up. 
You said you're gonna turn up. You you said you're gonna turn up champions. Well, they have to wait and see, yeah. I guess. They, yeah. They, yeah, they they they. they Chelsea, well, well, more Chelsea more Darren T with his chest. More no, Darren. I know Darren. He he does it on the group chat. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's a madman, you know. He's a madman. <laughs> He's actually a madman. I'll never expose to all the league ever in my life. Never. No, I, th- I think you guys were believing, man. Like, I was believing as well, man. I was like, all right, these guys could actually part of me. Part of me was like, oh, you know what? They've got Mourinho in it. So if he mm-hmm. gets in the leads, he doesn't usually get caught in it. But again, like, even when people say he parks the bus and stuff, when he's part of the bus, look at the players he's had like Robin, Damian Duff, Sean Wright Phillips, DJ Drogba. Like at the top, they had like amazing players going forward. So Parking the bus wasn't really parking the bus, you know, when Lampard's scoring 20, 25 goals a season, isn't it? So, yeah, but enough of Spurs, man. Let's let's talk about enough a good team. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, like the best team in North London, Arsenal, <laughs> nil, Manchester United, nil. Not much to say about this game because it was pretty much a bore fest. I mean, Cavani had Have you watched chance. it again? Have you watched it again? No, I've only seen it. I saw it when I saw it live. Yeah, no, watch it, watch it again, man. Yeah, I think you might change your views on it in the game. Yeah, yeah I think no, so I've, I'm saying the, there's the Cavani chance. Yeah. Um, who? Pepe de Pied. Somebody. Somebody Willian. came close. Oh, Lacazette came close when he hit the bar. Willian yeah. had a major chance as well, and mm. I kind of lost my chance. My Smith-Row had a chance. Rashford had a chance. Cavani had two chances, didn't he? Mm. There was there was like. To be fair, like this for me, the game was Arsenal just needed not to lose. Mm. Man United needed to win. When it got to 15 minutes to the end, it turned into, you know, the last game of the the the, the World Cup group stages where mm. both teams are through. They don't want to like, they don't wanna, no one wants to get injured. No one wants to just go for it. Like it's over in it, and that's what happened, didn't it? If this was 10, 15 years ago. Wenger would have had four strikers on the pitch. Man United would have had four strikers on the pitch. And they would have been going for it, innit? But that just showed me that both teams were happy with it. Both teams are obviously not where they want to be. They're not, they're not you know, anywhere near where they feel they should be. So I think it was a good result for, for us. It was a good result just because of our league position. And it keeps us You don't think unbeaten. that United were there, there for the taking? Yeah. Both teams no. were there for the taking. Yeah, both teams were there for the taking. But I think when we all saw our lineup and we saw Tierney and Saka and probably Aubameyang, like three players that would have been starting and weren't playing, mm. we just probably thought, okay. And, you know, we know what Man United can do on the break. So we was probably just thinking, good, this could be a bit sticky for us. Mm. So, like, in the end, I was just happy that, like, we didn't concede, man. So... That's just more confidence. But like I say, both teams were there for the taking, to be fair. So I don't know how my like Kojo feels, but... Uh, how I'm bad was that Cavani chance? Ugh, bro, the first, second one, I can understand why he missed it. Yeah, it's, it's behind, behind him, him. isn't it? Yeah, it's behind yeah, so him. It's a, it's a difficult one to take, but the first one... <sighs> I, I don't know what to tell you, bruv. Like, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say it like this. United fans, for me, were not furious enough because if that was Anthony Martial, they would be a scream, they wouldn't be screaming. Actually, not in fact, Marshall came off the bench and did nothing wrong, and you knew what happened, so I'm not even going to get further into that. Um, but it was a horrific miss. I'm sorry, you're in front of the goal. Leno, for some reason, was 
out of his goal on the other side. Really. I don't even know where he was. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think he got a corner because he had his hand was just out there and you sort of just yeah. almost made it go in. To be fair, exactly. So that's a goal you have to you have to score. And for me, with Rashford, the issue with Rashford is this: he's got seven goals, five assists this season, and the reason why he hasn't got fifteen goals, ten assists this season is because he lacks good decision making. Eight times out of ten, he makes the wrong choice. And this is where my issue is with him, and it always has been with him. He's a good player, but what separates you from being... He's he's good, potentially great, but it's the decision-making that stops him from being great, potentially even higher. And that's where my issue is with him. Decision-making is a problem. But it's not just him, though. The whole forward line is not scoring goals yeah. consistently. Um, I, I don't really get onto Greenwood. Inconsistent minutes, hasn't played much this year, so he's fine. But the others are just not producing enough. Um and we, I feel like we should have won the game because I feel like our chances were a lot more clear cut. But um, could I be it's mad just, at the point? No, because yeah, like I, I, I predicted a draw in the first place anyway. And the second thing is, since Wenger left, we haven't beaten Arsenal. Yeah. So I, at this point, as as sad as this sounds, I don't expect to beat Arsenal anymore. That's just exactly. how it is because the main are not. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, if your players actually generally thought they were in a title race, you guys would have won that match. Well, I, this is... I don't think the mentality, they actually believe they're in a in a title race. I think they thought, you know what, we're at the top of the league and we got there, but that's down to the manager. Obviously, it's down to the manager to instill in these guys. Like I, I keep saying, Rashford is... He's two steps below world class, but he can be world class. But again, it's about desire. Are you going to do what Ronaldo done and have yourself on the training pitch just smashing balls and really working on perfecting your game? Or are you just happy to be playing for Man United and know you're pretty much going to play every week? Because that chance that he got, it just looked like, you know what, I know I'm good and I know I could bust a skill here. I could put someone on their floor and then tap it in. There was no real desire to score the goal. And I think that's, for me, that's comfortable. It's just comfortable. Is that down to the manager or is it down to the players? Because looking at Manchester United's team, they've got, they've got a few serial winners there. Cavani's won multiple uh, yeah. ligas. Pogba's won multiple um, um, Serie A's. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, um, no, did he? I'm not sure if he won anything. Yeah, sporting, he won a few trophies, maybe one or two leagues, but that's it. Because obviously uh, Benfica and Porto, isn't it? Matic, etc. Uh, I was going to say the Hayes De- won a Premier League. Yeah, it's won Premier League. Yeah, Phil Jones is even there, he might chip in. So is it down to is it down to the manager to inspire them or should the players have a that willing mentality already instilled? It is because he's I oh, say yeah, you you go, Jack, you go. Uh, so, um, yeah, I was just saying, I think it reminds me when I said what I said about Jose being scared since the 3-0. I think Oli in big games is scared since the 6-1. He just ever since that game, nil, 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 nil. It he's he's playing these games to not lose now. Yeah. And I think that fear, he, that fear is instilled in him. And I think if you want to be serious, you've got to go for some of these games. Not all of them, because obviously um, title winners, they obviously, a lot of title, Alex Ferguson did this in big away games. He'll set up in a way where you won't lose. And if you can win it, win it. I think Liverpool away in particular, you, you're pretty good at doing that way. Mm. You take a win at um, Anfield. But um, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely fear on Oli's side. And I just want to say one thing on Cavani as well. This guy misses chances, man. I've That's said it I before. Say, I was going to say, like, even like PSG and stuff, he used to miss some. Hard, but... 
and you guys would know the most, man. That Arsenal, when you drew 1-1 at the Parc de Prince, that, that game pissed yeah. me off, man. He missed so this many guy. chances, yeah. But, yeah, that's what I'll uh, it's, no, it's just such I, a tough I, one because you see when we... We, uh, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't do this, and I think this is the downfall of many fans is that we compare what the players are now to the players that we've had in the past. Mm. But mm. when I look at it, when... Thierry Henry, Vieira, Robert Perez, Lundberg, whoever stepped on the pitch. I don't think Arsene Wenger needed to tell them what to do. I think they just went and done it. Same with you guys. When you had Ryan Giggs, Van Nistelrooy, Roy Keane, and you was at the true, the true greatest, I think you guys didn't need to motivate the players. I think the, mo- the players could motivate themselves, but at the same time, they also had Roy Keane on the pitch, um, Van Nistelrooy, that would motivate the players on the pitch, Rio Ferdinand, and the same with Arsenal, they had Patrick Vieira and players that would motivate the players on the pitch. When you well, look at Man United now, who 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 is your motivator? It's the same with Arsenal. We haven't had we haven't had a good captain since Patrick Vieira. We literally haven't had a good one. Could you argue like, that tactics now are more important than individual brilliance? Because if you look at Pep, nobody um, defer every when whenever Pep gets into a team. They play Pep style. If they don't, if he if you don't, you get benched. Look at Henri. Yeah. Henri, I think he didn't listen to Pep one time, and he said, "Well, uh, he scored a goal," and Pep said, "No, you're coming off." So, tactics nowadays are paramount. You could look at, you could look at teams from of yesteryear, and tactics were there. And Arsenal Wenger always, Arsenal Wenger's teams always played beautiful football. I still to this day can't. I don't know what Fergie done, but he looked like a serial winner. I feel like the power is now in the hands of the managers rather than the power being in the hands of players. I don't know, because I think that's how Man United have been winning. Like, I think this is how Man United have been winning this season. I think it's how good the players have been. And I don't think it's to do with... Obviously, Ole's picking a team, in it, But I still think another manager would get more from these players. And I think the fact that they've got genuine, world-class players, like Pogba is world... No anyone says Pogba is world-class. Fernandes... No matter what anyone says, over the last year he has been world class. Like you can't deny that the, the actual football he's been playing. You know, Rashford, Martial on their day, well beaters. Obviously, Cavani. We know if he does take chart when he does take chances, he takes chances. So it's the fact that they've had these sort of players that have been winning the games for them. So I do think if when Man United come and get another manager with these same players, I think they will elevate. But the next manager is going to bring in players, isn't it? Like I don't think they trust Ole enough to give him money to to sign people because they know they know in it they know he's not he's not there to stay. How much money has he spent recently? Like four hundred million, maybe. I think so. He, but then has he? Because when you look at it, Donny, how much games has Donny played? That's on him, though, isn't he? He yeah. picks a team, doesn't he? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But that means that shows that he never signed that player. I don't know about that because he's been on record saying that everything that happens goes f- through me. He's gonna, he's gonna say that though, isn't it? Like he can't, he can't he make himself. He doesn't have to because previous managers have said. I know, but but look at the previous managers; they've obviously. all done stuff. Yeah, they've always done stuff and they've won stuff in it. He's just in his first real job. Like that's what I always say: Lampard, Arteta, and Ole—they couldn't say no to anything. Like while they've been in charge, because they know they none of them should have the job that they've got. Or mm. Lampard had, 
None of them should have had the job. None of them done anything to warrant getting a job. They couldn't say no to anything. They just had to be yes men. And that's why essentially they were hired because they needed someone that was going to be a yes man at that, that specific time. I don't think any of them were like, oh, this guy's going to be here for five years. They needed someone specific to come in that maybe knew the club and maybe could get the morale up a bit for the next man that comes in. And I think, I honestly think that's what all three of them were, were there to do. And we'll we'll see who's going to end out on top. Uh, quick thoughts on the transfer window. Obviously, we signed Odegaard, but we got rid of a few players that have been with us since the, the Wenger, Wenger years. So Ozil obviously left, Kolasinac, uh, Mustafi. Mustafi's now gone. How how do you think this transfer window has, has gone for Arsenal? And is it is best it a transfer window we've pretty much the best transfer window we've ever had? Pretty much because people have always been saying they can't see what Arteta has been doing or what Arteta came in and the first thing he said is I needed to change the mentality of the players. And it isn't by coincidence that there was a group of players that have all now gone. Mm. There were three of them, and all of a sudden, they're all gone. All of a sudden, since the first one went, we started winning a couple of matches. Then the second one went, and now the third one's gone, and we're just winning matches. We've been notorious for keeping players for 10 years, and that Martinez, perfect example, played for Arsenal for 10 years, played 10 games or something stupid. So, for me, this is the best we've done. I know we've had to just pay some of them off just to get them out of the club, but this is a big step forward for me because it obviously frees up a bit of wages, but also they identified who was leaking stupid things into the press. They mm. knew who the bag eggs were. Mm. You know, even Maitland Niles and Willock going out on loan, that's that's good because they this should have happened for these two two years ago. Yeah. Like they should have had this two years ago. So it's finally come. The signings in, they were needed, Brunnison basically just got us kicked out of the, the, the Carabao Cup for his performance. Even when we was winning the Europa League, he was making mistakes, but we were just winning the games. Yeah. Um, so getting in a half-decent keeper, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe can't do it alone, so sharing the two between there. I just hope we can sneak a little left-back in, but it's time done, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, I, think, but... I think it's very important that Arsenal have found a ruthless side to them. Yeah. Because that's, I think, something that a lot of other clubs have been begging for, namely Man and Jack's teams. We're looking for our clubs to be ruthless with certain players and just say, look, your time's up over here. You can't stay here. I mean, we gave, what was it? So, you know, Jones, Rojo, Smalling and Young extensions when they had six months left. They had no reason to be at United anymore. Mm, and yeah. now three of them have been, three of them have gone and you haven't sold them for any more than 20 million combined. See what I'm saying? So, you know, it's that ruthlessness that you need. Sometimes you just got to say to the guy, look, we're not playing you. You need to go somewhere and play football. You want to play consistent football? It ain't going to happen here. You can terminate your contract or you can go to other clubs, try and get a decent fee and you're out of the door. And they've done what they need to do. You've went Odegaard on loan. It might be a short-term loan, simple loan. There's no clause behind it. But let's, I mean, he's not even getting football at Real Madrid. Who's to know that you guys continue this good form you have a couple of losses here and there, but if you maintain a good form and someone like Odegaard says, I can look at what Arteta's doing here at the club and I want to be a part of that, you never know. Something like that, something so small can become something so big for someone of that talent to join your club. Mm. That can be a, a level up. So it's good that Arsenal are being ruthless. Arsenal haven't been ruthless in the transfer window 
Never. Yeah, yeah, ever. Since, since Arsene Wenger's come, since Arsene Wenger, we have never been ruthless. Never, yeah. never, ever. So you've lost, you've lost players. You've lost fantastic players for ridiculously small fees, in my humble opinion. Um, and you you've bought bad players, even if the fees weren't big, but the wages just didn't make sense. Yeah. So it's now a case of you're getting rid of these guys one by one. Hell, yeah. you know, it could it could you could do this and it could be same old Arsenal fine but at least the idea behind it is there at least you can see that Arsenal are trying to do something and I will praise Arteta for that that's what the kind of stuff that Mourinho's Mourinho um, Solskjaer got praised for in the sense of like Man United players that didn't want to be there he shifted them out bit by bit but we still got some of these players we're not terminating their contracts you're making those moves so it's good this is step one this is step one of the rebuild sometimes you've got to just force man out before Mm. you do the rest so if they're gone, they're gone. It's good for Arsenal. It's really good. Look at that. Uh, Liverpool 3, West Ham United 1. It was one of those games where it looked like uh, West Ham, obviously going into the game, good good patch of form. I think they they were fifth at the time. They still are fifth. Uh, they were fifth at the time. No, they were fourth at the time when they uh, went to Liverpool game to them. Uh, but the quality of Mohamed Salah obviously shone in that game. Uh, why was it? A disappointing game for West Ham, coach. Because I think when you're in good form and you you reach a high, even if you really can't believe that you're there, once you get there, you want your team to perform better. I know they will look at the defense of Liverpool and say you should be getting at that because Henderson's not a centre back. Uh, Phillips has done okay since he's come in, but he's not uh, established centre back who should be performing at a good level. But then. My argument is a Bath City this season who has been absolutely convincing at the back. So that's not for them a big loss. If they lose their forwards, that's when Liverpool have a big, big, big problem, in my opinion. So the fact that they still had that talent there, I don't think I don't think West Ham should look at this game and be absolutely furious. I think they should look at this game and say, okay, yeah. We face the champions. It could be worse. It could be worse, but they didn't lose two stupid mistakes. They lost to absolute masterclass goals. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like Salah turned on the heat. That touch for the second one before he finished it, the smoothness of that goal is incredible. The first one, I would, you know, I'll say defenders get closer or that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, sometimes, I'm not gonna lie to you, when you're playing a top, top player like that, it's hard to just close them down and do whatever, especially when it comes to penalties and VAR and everything. Now, the slightest touch, if he falls down, all that rubbish. But it's a quality strike. Um, the third goal, lovely link-up play, easy goal for Wijnaldum. So, they didn't lose to anything where you can look at them and say, oh, Craig Dawson did this or Suchet didn't do his job in the midfield or anything like that. They lost to quality goals. So, there's no shame in this defeat, in my opinion. I don't think they should be angry with this one. All right, that's just yeah. what I thought. I think Antonio had a chance at a stop near the, in the first yeah. half. Like, against Liverpool especially because of who they've got front you've got to score that and just make it a game um, I think that probably disheartened them when, once Salah got that first goal you knew it was just going to be a political evening in it so um, that Kojo says you know you just got to take it on a chin in it like you you shouldn't be winning that game in it like obviously you've been in a rich vein of form but realistically if Liverpool are on fire or whatever you, you're not winning that game in it so take it on a chin come back again ne- next week in it yeah, I can't think that. I don't think they'll be too upset with that game, to be fair. 
Uh, Liverpool, I guess, because of their injuries, because now they're playing Henderson in the back. A lot of people were questioning whether they were title challengers. Some were questioning whether they were top four contenders. Was that stupid <laughs> of them, considering the quality that I had, Jack? Um, I mean, uh, looking at that centre-back situation, you'd think that teams would get at them and take advantage. But, I mean, when you've got quality up front of that, you've got, it goes back to when Klopp first joined Liverpool I guess the 17-18 season when he was criticised for not adapting his system a little bit to certain games. Because mm. they were winning games at home. They were rip-roaring, obviously. The rock and roll football was in full flow. Mm. And they were winning games in, in ways that Liverpool fans really appreciated and loved. So if they can stick to that and ride that out, whilst they've got these two centre-backs in now, um, in my opinion, that... We'll see. They, they kind of panic, <laughs> in my opinion. But um, you know, when you got when you got players that can play in the system, I think Henderson and Fabinho can look can look comfortable in, in that back line because they're just good footballers and they 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 just know the system so well. And I think they can manage bigger games. Yeah, the jury's out. But in in those games against teams like West Ham and below that, I think you will find some get obviously. Fulham was a bit of a struggle away, but if they can just into if they can just ride it out and actually go back to playing that drawing football, I think they can manage and I think they can still maintain it. But it's going to be tough. Yeah, but to be fair, I've got no sympathy for them because just for the fact that they had two centre backs there, like you chose to go with Henderson and Fabino, which you knew was going to mess up your system. So if you just trusted one of your, those centre backs, I know was it Phillips? Which yeah. one's the young one? The the, the younger Reece, one, so Reece Williams. Yeah, Williams. Yeah. yeah, he. I know he had a couple of shaky games, but against most teams, yeah, Phillips will be good enough. Like they just remind me of Barcelona that you could have pretty much anyone in the defence, but because your midfield and your forwards are that good, you don't really need to worry about about um, your defence. But by playing those two at centre back, it gave other teams, it gave them a little pump in it because they knew that their best two midfielders were now playing centre back. Um, Thiago, as much as he is world class, doesn't fit the Liverpool system in my opinion. So he's not going to be running about doing a madness. You know, he he's someone that you bring on in in Liverpool's team anyway. He's someone that you bring on when you're winning and he's going to keep the ball, he's going to just keep, keep, keep recycling the ball, but doing it legitly, not like winks, but doing it legitly. Um, but yeah, like Liverpool, I still had them as favourites, even with, with their centre-back injuries, but Man, United, Man City, so was just doing an ultimate sneak attack, like just one nil. That's the thing, they're winning one nil. Like we don't see that from Man, Man City in it. So that's when I thought, okay, these guys, are, they're here to win the league, man. Mm. Let's talk about City because they did win, like you said, they, they usually they usually blow teams away with their, their quality, but it took them nine minutes to get on the uh score sheet and then they I don't say they shut up shop because Sheffield United is not exactly the the best team in the league right now. But they were they withheld their attack their their offense, I I I'd say. Why is has this new look Pep surprised everybody? Because everybody thought that they weren't going to be top challenge. Once again, Liverpool, the Liverpool uh, um, argument, they didn't think they'd even get to top four. That's what I was hearing. So why is it <laughs> now surprise people that he's playing this restrict, not restrictive, but 
less less appealing it's than what you, they're used to yeah. seeing. He's a stubborn man. That's why. <laughs> yeah, um, th that's all it is, really. Um, this guy has been what? How, how long has he been in the management at this level? At this level, what? Thirteen years now. Twelve, thirteen years. And um, yeah, blimey. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's probably played one of the most successful managers ever. Yeah, to his down <laughs> to his downfall as well. Yeah, and Ruben Diaz. That's that's a, they needed that centre back, and I think for the mm -hmm. first time. John Stones is looking like an actual defender now, um, instead of a joke man like he was before when he first joined. <laughs> and um, but yeah, I mean, we were in for Diaz as well. I'm fuming we didn't get it. I'm so bro, bro, <laughs> me. I feel sick, man. You know, you know what I think. You know, what I think it is though. Like I think, like when you actually look at it, they don't have a striker. So he's had to find another way of winning games, which most other managers they try, but they don't do it in it. Like he's had to for I know Jay-Z's got the goal yesterday, but he hasn't been playing, has he? So he doesn't have faith in him, in my opinion. I don't think he believes that. He doesn't like yeah, he doesn't believe him. Like and my man's just got that sharp, he's got them sharp cheekbones in it. Like he looks like a <laughs> he, looks, he yeah, like he looks he looks serious in it, but Pep doesn't. Pep doesn't trust him in it. Like I don't think he's got that ruthless, that ruthless. I don't know. Maybe he needs a run of games to get that ruthlessness. Mm. Um, but Pep's found another way of winning, and that's what the top top managers do in it. They find another way of winning, and I think that's the downfall of say Mourinho or, or Klopp that they never found another way of winning. Like they just always stubborn that I have to play the way I want to play, and it was Arsene Wenger for. 20 years or whatever he was there that only had one way of playing and if you want to be top top you need to have another way and Ferguson was the best at it when he was playing certain games he was playing Park or he was playing um, Fletcher he had another way of playing and I think that's what set Ferguson aside from the rest is that he had two ways of playing and I think Tuchel now is going to do the same thing he's going to have more than one way of playing even when you watch Southampton um, one, yeah. yeah, he has more than one way of playing. He has more than one way of playing during a match. Mm, yeah. So that's 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 serious. That's serious coaching for me. So My I man, think man. that's yeah, that's what yeah, that's what Pep has done. He's found another way, a way of winning, and it that's, was that's been his downfall as well. With the, that stubbornness in the Champions, yeah. the reason why yeah. Bayern failed. That he failed at Bayern in terms because they wanted that European yeah. step on top of that. Mm. He failed at City so far in terms of in Europe. In Europe, because City, City's owners, they're ambitious. They've already got their league titles. They want that Champions League, and hopefully, well, for their sake. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah, no, no, no. God forbid. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, no, but I think it was after the Tottenham game where what Tottenham versus what three shots and they won two 0 Like he looked at that game, man. Ever since then, it's not been so simple to counter City anymore. Before it was it was a piece of cake. We did it twice. Last season against them it was easy to do it, and they have a better side. They they have probably the best side in the country. So you know when it comes to improving, Ruben Diaz is huge because I feel like in a lot of these games where they've been winning, maybe two one, two nil, one nil, they're still playing the same style. But the difference is last year they lost their linchpin, their captain, their legend, and they had Otamendi and Laporte at the back. Laporte injury prone. Plus anyone that's listening to this, I'm not never never really been a big fan of his anyway right yeah, yeah. 
And, well, ultimately, let's send the bet. That's why they put him in a swap deal for, ben, for Benfica. Go and check out Benfica now, by the way, defensively. So, um, Ruben Diaz is a huge, huge signing. Um, that, that Jack said, I'm fuming. Absolutely <laughs> pissed that they got him. That day made me so mad. Um, we missed out on um, Diaz and Bruno Fernandes because of a female. Oh, yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that because he, pre- he was pretty much at Spurs, weren't he? Yeah, he what? was. Yeah. He wanted to join everything. Man said, man like Jack, a.k.a. Jose's son. Nah, don't say that, bro. <laughs> Benji was violence. If he's Benji my dad, I'll be an orphan. Like, <laughs> that's a mad one, bro. Hey. Put some respect to Mourinho's name, man. Nah, I, I got no respect for Mourinho. He's, he's dead. <laughs> dead to me, boy. I rate that. So let's talk about uh, Chelsea quickly. Uh, two cars second game in Charles, they get the win against a Burnley side. And I'm always happy to see Burnley lose. Uh, Aspilicueta and Marcus Alonso got on the score sheet. Um, can any of you see what he's trying to do? Wingbacks. I think um, what Conte did as well with uh, with his wingbacks as well, he, it's the profile of player that you need rather than the actual quality itself because... With wingbacks, it's all—it's it's the energy, it's the um, it's the runs in behind the smart runs that you're always making by the defensive. You don't need that high-level defensive positioning that a fullback would need. And um, because I, I know this, because Matt Doherty's piss poor and he's a wingback. And um, yeah, that's that's that's, that's the odd thing. He was so good as a wingback for Wolves. Why would you change what the reason why you signed him and play him in a flat back forward? I don't know, but yeah, Chelsea. So. Wing backs don't have to be sensational footballers. Mm. They just have to. They just have to be yeah. the job, and they have to always be available and out there. And that allows, obviously, in the middle, that movement that the forwards and the mid, the attacking midfielders make. It's imperative for that those wing backs to hold the ball for them to always be available. And it's working for Chelsea. It's work. It's, it's working for Chelsea. It worked for Conte when he first joined. It's so fast working for Tuchel. I mean, I'm dreading the game on Thursday, but. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's so far so good. But at, again, you know, new manager, it could just be a bounce. You have to see how how it you know how long this can last. If it can last for more than a few months, then fair enough. He's his system's been implemented immediately almost. But if it mm. does, then questions will be raised. Is his job really to to bring out the best in Havertz and Timo Werner and all those stars that they bought for the two hundred fifty million? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be, surely. I mean, I've always, I've always spent money, big money anyway, for a man to just come and do whatever for a season or two and then kick. And then if, because if he spends big, he makes sure he gets profit for those players. That's mm-hmm. how that's how he does his business. He's quite good at that. Um, Lampard, uh, well, to be honest, I don't want to go too much into it, but the way he was playing Havertz in certain positions just didn't make sense. I said it, he had like a, a German version of himself in the sense that, yes, he played at Leverkusen, but, and uh, we know about Bundesliga and this defending, but at the end of the day, he was someone that ghosted into the box, the way he scored goals, there wasn't to create um, chances, and the areas he found himself in the box in more than anything. So he didn't utilize them the right way. Um, Timo Werner is just not working out for him right now because he's actually getting into his paces. He's, he gets into the spots and then he just can't do the job. Like in that game, he kicked the ball against his own leg and they went mm, backwards. Like, Soldado, Soldado, no, the thing is, like, 
everyone was getting onto Lampard yeah about where they were playing him, but I was like, if he's not getting in the positions to score, it's Lampard's fault. He played him in a different position. He was still getting he's still getting chances. My mm. man was just tripping over, miss kicking the ball, doing this, doing that. Um, so yeah, it's it's on him. It's obviously you gotta give him another season in it. We've got to be fair, give him another season. Um I think this this will be an easier job for Tuchel than it was for PSG in the sense that he's got loads of younger players. So none of them have any sort of egos and that. And if they do, they're not going to be the one that, that they will get rid of a minute. Like they, you know, so it's an easier job in that sense that he can mould these players the way he wants. Are these players overrated? We don't know. Like we, We're not going to know until this season's done and probably next season's done. Maybe the players are not as good as people thought they were. But again, it's only going to be worse for Mourinho because that's another manager now because that he's going to have to battle against. And, <laughs> you know, well, right? Yeah, Chelsea fans just need to take their time because they feel like they're winning again, but the first game was a draw. There's only yeah. a second game now and it's, it's one win. They were celebrating the passes. They were, they, they, they were laughing at Arsenal. Yeah. They were laughing at Arsenal because we kept replaying Martinelli's goal when he ran from the halfway line and scored. And they were, they were saying, why do you keep playing that? It was a draw, it was a draw. But then you lot are celebrating passes that didn't lead to nothing. Like That don't make no sense to me. Like, yeah. so that shows the decline that they had under Lampard, that that's what they're celebrating. But mm. it's all, it's all going to be fun in games, man. Like As much as I hate to admit it, you do want to see loads of good managers and loads of good teams in in the premiership because if you do win something it it feels a bit better that you've had to overcome more teams than just overcoming one team um so yeah next season is going to be very very good hopefully because every time we build up a season that's going to be sick it usually isn't so let's just see see what happens man but it's looking good for chelsea in it they have to win it next season yeah uh we'll finish on the Leicester City game, Leicester City won, Leeds United three. Uh, kind of an embarrassing defeat to a, to a Leeds side that that's not exactly doing well in the Prem. <laughs> well, they are doing well considering that who where where they came from. They came from the Championship, mm. but Harvey Barnes got the first goal, and then it was all Leeds from there. Stuart Dallas, Patrick Bamford, and and Jack Harrison got the score sheet. Um, yes, Leicester City are. They are where are they currently? They're fourth right now, right? They're fourth right now. What's going on? Yeah, you're cutting out. Yeah, you, you okay? Yeah. Am I cutting out? No, you're yeah, fine. You, uh, well, no, he did cut out for a second. Okay, be back. Okay, you're back. Oh, yeah, oh, back okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so let's just say you're fourth right now. Um, but teams are catching them. Western are catching them. Tottenham are, are still. Jack might disagree, but Tottenham are still there. Chelsea are there, <laughs> everything are there. Um, Aston Villa have two games in hand on them. If they win those, they are two points now. They're one point behind them. So it's not that it's not that it's secure. So are these defeats going to affect them, or are they going to in the long in the long run? Um, you know what it is. You know what it is about Leicester is. They're just like every other inconsistent team in and around them. That's as simple as it gets. I mean, earlier this season, they smacked up City. What was it? 5-2? Five, 5-1? Five, yeah. five, mm. like they, they absolutely humbled them in that game. You're thinking, whoa, this is crazy. But then the next game, I think West Ham, they went to West Ham and lost 3-0. So 
So, you know, you just can't, you can't rely on, on Leicester right now. And this is why I don't really talk too much about Brendan Rodgers because every now and then when he shows you, um, I do think he's a good manager. I don't think he's a bad manager, but he's not a great manager for me because his his results are so inconsistent. Now, that does also come with the players that you can't really have, but Castagna is a good signing. Tillmans was a good signing. Vardy's still doing his thing. You know, so he's got the team, but the results are being delivered in a very inconsistent way. To lose 3-1 to Leeds, these are a team that, you know, in their games, there's always going to be goals. They're always going to entertain one way or another, whether it's win or lose. But the, the manner of which they lost after especially taking the lead was quite poor. Um, so that's why I don't even know where they're going to finish. You can't predict unless the season right now. Just like a lot of the other teams. Just like everybody mm-hmm. else. And that's mm-hmm. where the difference is. Last year, there were, what, 12, 13 points clear of Man United. And then they went on a poor run of results, one, one or two then drew, then lost, and then they lost the last game at home to United, and that confirmed that their Champions League expectations or hopes were were out of the, t- the window. And finishing fifth or in the Europa League spot, it's actually not a bad season for Leicester. But when you like, it's, it's like what I said about West Ham. Once you get into a position, you want your team to try and maintain it. You might know, you might think it's not for the long term, but at least within that time, when everyone else is around you being inconsistent, West Ham drop points we should be getting the, the next points to go above them and go clear of them. You know, yeah. so that's where they are right now. Brendan Rodgers, I just I just don't know how to feel about him. I think he's a good manager, but I, I, don't, I can't go past that. I just can't <laughs> go past that because he did his thing at Celtic. Absolutely. But that's, I don't want to say it's because Rangers were rebuilding, but at the same time, Rangers weren't it worked, uh, Yeah, let's see they weren't, the season, they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't, yeah, they weren't even in they the same threat, exactly. Um, for me, Brendan Rodgers is he's too arrogant. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that thing where he has that that life size uh portrait of himself in his hallway. Like, he's got that sort of what? he's got that Mourinho arrogance here without the trophies. Hey, I, I, read think, it. I, I think that's I think that's his downfall. Like, you haven't won no trophies. So being arrogant is a bit, it's a bit of a mad thing. And again, we've just found like without Jamie Vardy, you're nothing. Like, mm. you know, even when you know, we played them, they were so bad, but literally they just had Jamie Vardy, that one ball over the top. And we knew it was coming. We knew for the whole game that he's going mm. to get the charts over the top and he's going to score. And you know, he's one of the most underrated players in the premiership, like, probably in history because he just looks like a rat. His attitude he just comes across like a rat. Um, so people just don't take to him in it. But yeah, it's just uh, as Kojo said, like you don't know how to feel about Brendan Rodgers. Like, I don't know if he had Man United players or Chelsea players, would he win the league? I, I wouldn't be comfortable to say he would win the league. Mm. And, that that's the difference in it. That's the difference. He he for me he it, I think it's a combination of there is a slight burnout I think in his teams because they always tend to tail off at the end. Yeah. But also uh, what you said about arrogance I think that comes with stubbornness as well and mm. uh, his lack of adaptability to game to, um, to football matches. I think he plays a very similar way almost every game as well. And we saw that at Liverpool um, and we're seeing it here with Leicester. And when it's good, it looks brilliant and he gets praised, like credit to him, like rightly so. But when it doesn't work, you, 
you know, again, this is this this is why the best managers always adapt to their opposition, unless yeah. you have, unless your system just works perfectly all the time with the players you got, with like a massive set of world class players. But again, we're not in that era now. I think there's not a single team that's filled with world class players like that to that extent anymore. Mm. Uh, I don't think. And um, yeah, Leicester. If, if he does, if he switches it up just a little bit, I think. You know, I don't condone the way we play all the time, but against Leeds, we sat back. We we knew that defence could be picked off easily, one by one. Like, mm. Leicester should have done that. And yeah, it's just a lack of changing tactics. Not really. I think we shall wrap it up. There's been our eight minutes so far. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Big Gunner, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm just Big Gunner on YouTube, but on Instagram, on Twitter, um, Big Gunner TV. Jack, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at Touchline Hotspur, so Spurs underscore, at Spurs underscore Touchline. Um, we do a podcast every Thursday, and yeah, just, uh, yeah, just check Fresh us out. out. Yeah, I thought, I thought both your um, your Twitters and your YouTubes on in the bio also, so. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you also, uh, if anyone that reads the bio, I don't know if you, you would do. Hopefully you do for the these guys' names. <laughs> Laura in there because Laura was supposed to join us, but she couldn't make it last minute. So just shout out to Laura. That's a Liverpool fan because she was feeling chesty after that. She got result. So <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And coach, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on YouTube here, of course, uh, at Free Midfield Podcast, and um, you can also find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Free Midfield. This has been another episode of the Freeman Field Podcast. Good night.